church who, although they took a class or two and they know about what we stand for, they might know how we feel, but they, they still haven't caught the heart of this church. We have people listed as members who attend and they support and, and they're a part of the church and I'm grateful for them, but they haven't found their fit yet. Amen? They, they haven't come in and been planted. They haven't been engrafted yet into, into the one tree. They haven't ma- made themselves apart yet. And understand something that until a tree is planted, it can't bear fruit. You follow? We, you, you can't, you, you won't have, you can go to Home Depot, you can go to all the nurseries, you can find, try to find plants that would bear fruit without being in the ground. You won't. They can't. Unless a tree is planted, it, it can't bear fruit. And so I want you to understand that when we're talking about membership. We have people listed as members. You know, we, we could go through the list and, and who, who they come, you know, they come when they want to. They come when they need something. They come when it's convenient. They can be counted as members, but I don't see them as committed. Say amen. They're more like the chicken. They'll drop off eggs whenever they need it, but they ain't ready to bring the bacon. And, and I have to tell you, and I'm, I'm being open and op- honest with you guys today, that doesn't sit well with me. Some pastors would be happy to have this long Excel spreadsheet and alphabetize it, you know. Uh, um, one of the members on our team loves Excel spreadsheets, and she puts a lot of color into them. And, and, and so some pastors would love to see that spreadsheet and alphabetize by last name and, and be able to scroll down and see the numbers increase and, and get into double digits and, and be excited or triple digits. But can I, can I be honest with you? That doesn't excite me. That doesn't really do any much for me. See, I believe God called me to be the church. And I believe God called you to be the church. And although we have different responsibilities in being the church, although we have different things to do and we have different responsibilities that we're going to be accountable for, we still have the same calling. We're all still called to be the church. Amen? to be the salt of the earth, to be the light of the world. So rather than having a membership meeting for a select few who want to be committed to the vision and heart of this church, Pastor Gary and I decided that we just share with everybody what we would have shared in the membership meeting. So then after service, if you're interested and you want to line yourself up with the vision of this church, then you go and you sign an application and fill it in and you're a member. Amen? Like all state, you shake your hand and we're insured. See, because we don't want any more names on the list. Trust me, I'm not one of those pastors that are calling their pastor friends and finding a way to put into the conversation how many members we have. I I know people like that. It's cold outside. Oh, you know what's even colder is when people don't commit. You know, I mean, I have 200 members on my list and, um, you know... Um, you know, it's crazy because, you know, once you get past the, you know, and they'll find a way to put that in. That, that's not me. That just really doesn't excite me. Amen? 
Now, getting people, we, I, I believe we can get hundreds of people to sign a list. I believe we can put, put on a really strong presentation and a real emotional appeal, and we can get hundreds of people to sign a list. That doesn't get, get me. What, 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 what I want to see is people connected to a church and committed to Christ. Amen? And that's what really matters. That's what we're called to do, and that's what I want to be busy doing until God comes to get me. Because, you see, when I read the Scriptures... I see things in there that tell me that things that I see out here aren't right. Can we, can we go in? Can I tell you that's why you, you need to read the Scriptures? The Scriptures will tell you if your church ain't right. The Scriptures will tell you if your leadership ain't right. The Scriptures will tell you. The Word will tell you if the place that you're in is not the right place to be in. The Word will tell you if what you're hearing isn't what you should be hearing. The Word will tell you if what you're listening to, what you're being taught, isn't the right things that you should be being taught or that you should be learning. Amen? And then it's up to you if you want to sit there and receive stuff that's not in the Word or if you want to get yourself in the place where the Word is, is going to be taught and you're going to learn and grow from it. Say Amen. So you see, when I read Romans 12.4, I want you to turn to this verse. I want you to, to, to tweet it. I want you to bookmark it. I want you to highlight the page. I want you to take a, a picture on, on Instagram with you reading the page. Do it before and after. This is you before you read it. And this is you after you read it. Instagram it. Do whatever you got to do. I want this to kind of get stuck in you. Amen? So when you're there, say, I'm ready. Romans 12.4. Just look at your phone and pretend you're looking up a Bible. Or download the Bible app now. Go ahead. We'll wait. Romans 12.4. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. I heard one, mm, that's good. That's, that's, that's what I want. Individually, members of one of, you got to really get this. This will change your church life. See, I've never seen, and tell me if this has happened to you, but I've never had the experience where my foot tried to beat up my hand. Or my hand tried to beat up my mouth. Anybody like woke up and you're punching yourself in the mouth ever? No, only in the church, right? Only in the church, right? Only in church life, right? Would the hand want to slap the foot and the foot want to kick the hand and the mouth want to talk about the ear and the ear want to talk about the backside and the backside want to, right? Only in the church. This shouldn't be church, amen? So next time somebody starts talking about a member of your body, slap them. Say, are you silly? I'm a member of you. Get, get this revelation, because this is deep. The, the word said, not me, the word said, so we though many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. I'm a member of you. Get, imagine if we got that. I'm a member. I have a membership to you. Why do you care about me? Because I have a membership to you. Come on, that's a good word. 
Can you imagine if we took that scripture to heart? What if, you know, what if, if someone gets mad or offended and they tell you, well, why do you care? You know why I care? Because I'm a member of you. Don't talk about that person. You know why? Because I'm a member of that person. I have a membership to that person. So don't talk about that person. I'm a member there. Oh, man, come on. I, wanna, like, I just want revelation to drop because we really got to get this. Amen? You imagine if we took that scripture to heart. I, I want to print these little, these little key fobs and, and have, them, have them on your keychain and give them out so everybody, everybody that's a member could have them on their keychain. And you know what will happen when you go to Walmart and swipe it? They'll tell you that's no good here. <laughs> and when you go to CVS, they'll say you get no discount. And you go to Walmart, they say, eso no trabaja aquí. That's no good. So then why have it? Is it going to give you a discount on your tithes or something? No. <laughs> but it'll be a reminder. Every time somebody asks you for one of those little key things, which we all have, right? Because you want the discount, right? You'd be foolish not to. So every time you have to pull one of those out and you see yours on there that says, I'm a member of you, man, that's going to remind you. I have a membership to these people that I gather with. I have a membership to the body of Christ. I'm a member to you, amen? So when, so when people say, man, why do you want to help me so bad? Because I'm a part of you. Because I'm a member of you. How come, why are you buying me this? Why do you get my kids gifts? Why are you cooking for me? Why are you reaching out for me all the time? Why do you keep asking about me why do you keep checking in on me why are you so concerned with me why because i'm a member of you and 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 if and if you're not here then i'm not complete there's a part of me missing and i hate walking around with one foot i don't want to be missing the pancreas or the liver or the kidney or the i want to have everything where it should be and i want to have everything working the way it should be working somebody say amen Whoo. When I read scriptures that like that, that say in, in the next following verses 10, it says, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Oh my Jesus. What would happen if we tried to outdo each other in showing honor? Can you imagine? Like, this place would be amazing. I couldn't wait to walk into this place because somebody's going to try to outdo me in showing me honor. Somebody's going to try to love me more than I love them. Somebody's going to try to outgive me by giving me a bitter, bigger, better gift than I gave them. And so I want to give them a bitter, bitter, better, bigger gift next time. Because, man, you, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh my God, this place is crazy. That should be church life. That should be church life. Not the hand beating the head, the foot. But that should be, right? When, when I read that, I'll do one another in showing honor. Don't be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. I, I think we've forgotten that scripture that says serve the Lord. Because what's serve? Serve is like a verb, isn't it? Where's my teacher's at? Serve is, so what's a verb in a sentence, right? The verb is something that's the action word. Amen, we're going to grammar school now. That's an action. Sometimes we got to go all the way back before we can get a college degree. Amen? So that's an action verb. So serve the Lord means serving. The, it means doing something. <coughs> I wish somebody got this. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. 13. Contribute to the needs of the saints. 
and seek to show hospitality. You got to get this. Contribute to the needs of the saints. When, when the word talks about the saints, it's not the statues at grandma's house. And contributing to the needs of the saints doesn't mean putting the apple and putting the change and putting the candle in front of the saint. No, that's witchcraft. <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's witchcraft. That's not, that's not what he... The saints are us, the body. Amen? The saints are followers of God. The word calls us saints. I know that's hard to imagine. But the word calls us saints. So it says, seek, contribute to the needs of the saints. Family, the, the way I see it, some churches take membership and they make it weird. They make it this big issue. You have to take 16 weeks of classes. You, you can't take communion until you're a member. You can't sit over here. You have to sit over there until you're a member. You have to give more money. There's an interview process. Like, really? What I'm concerned about here at, at Sanctuary isn't membership to the church. It's membership to the body. We're called to be members of one body. Once we're on that track, then sticking with your local church is not a problem. Amen? Once you got the, the, the main thing, the main thing, then, then sticking to the church should be natural. If God brings you to this body, then you stand with this body and you play your part. You perform your role. You find your fit. Whatever it is, for however long God has you doing it, that's what you do. Listen, the other the, uh, Saturday we, we had a bunch of men here, right? The men We had men from all different churches, and it's been an awesome thing for the men's fellowship. And one of the guys from our team, we, were, we had to put the church back together, right? Because we moved all the chairs up and put some tables back there. And we had about 50 men here. It was awesome. And so some of the guys from our team, they're helping me. But they see me lining back the chairs up because the chairs were all messed up. And so one of the guys on our team, amen, he yells out. He's putting the chairs back together. And he yells out to me, hey, hey George, hey, pastor, I found my fit. I'm the chair guy. And, and listen, I, I know it was a joke, I know, and we laughed, but it was a powerful moment for me. Because somebody said, you know what, I found something that needs, I see you straighten out chairs, so I realized that chair straightening is important right now, somebody has to do this, hey, maybe that's me, I'm the chair guy today. I'll be the chair guy. And that's incredible, man, that's, that's somebody catching this, Amen. Listen, let me drop some deep theological revelation on you this morning. Although so many are good at it, nobody here was called to do nothing. Well, you said, Mark, say it again. All right. Although so many are good at it, nobody here was called to do nothing. We all got a calling. We all got something to do. Amen? Uh, we all have a, a mission. We're all under the great com commission. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came to them and he said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. What's the problem with that? Well, we can't teach people to obey what we're not doing. You could turn around and say, that was for you. But 
until this gets personal to you, then people all around you will continue to walk in darkness, will continue to be lost, will continue to make the same mistakes, will continue going through the same hurtful patterns, destructive patterns in their life. Why? Because the light that has so graciously been given to you, you're selfishly hiding. Because you're embarrassed or because you don't want to be who you were called to be. Amen? Listen, one of the areas that we're going to work strongly on this coming year is discipling disciples who disciple disciples. <laughs> oh, doesn't that take a whole new meaning? Discipling disciples who disciple disciples. Santo. That's good stuff. That means... You don't sit in a class and receive, 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 receive and get spiritually fat. You take it in and then you burn it. Amen? You take it in and then you burn it. How do you burn it? By moving. You got to move it, move it. Amen? Come on. As a matter of fact, you don't have to wait till next year because this coming, this Tuesday, there's a discipleship class. A third of you should be in that class. Amen? Amen? There should be a third of you. Anybody that has questions, anybody that has anything that they want to ask, that they want to know more about, that they want to... I get people all the time, I want to study the Word, I want to know more. Well, there's a discipleship class. I got three people coming to it. What's going on with that? Well, are you just showing off, talking to me, saying you want to know more, you want to be more holy? Or do you really want to do that? Then there's an avenue for you to do that. Amen? So this Tuesday, I told you we're going to have a, a you, you can come to this Tuesday's discipleship class and take a gift assessments test. And that's an awesome thing. It's just a quiz that you kind of fill out and it shows you all the things that, that uh, it gives you an idea of all the, the giftings that God has in you by, by the way you answer certain questions. It's a really cool thing. We did it at a young adults retreat and a lot of them kind of got, got like, whoa, that's me. You know, this is what I'm about and this is maybe where God wants me to do things. Amen? Because church, we don't want more members, but we want the body to grow. Does that make sense? Now, about membership, let me make some things clear. Membership is not, despite what you have heard in other places, despite what you might have been taught, membership is not like marriage. When you decide to become a member of a church, you're not saying, till death do us part. Church membership is simply saying, I get what this body's doing. I stand with this body. I'll pray for it. I'll defend it. I'll protect it. I'll be a part of it. I'll support it. I'll bring all the life that I can to it while I'm at it. Amen? What does that mean? That means I'll be the chair guy, I'll be the cook, I'll be the sweeper, I'll be the preacher, I'll be the dancer, I'll be the singer, I'll be the encourager, the usher, the children's worker. I'll be the assistant to the assistant of the assistant. I don't care what rank I am, I don't care what position I play, I don't care how big or little or insignificant the title appears to be, I'll be a member of you. And I'll do whatever for however long God has me here. Now listen, I believe some people that call to a church by God for good to lay their lives down there. I believe that. To bring the bacon so others can eat. 
And then I believe that some are called to churches for a season. And so if, if, if God brings you to this place for a season, and, and, and when that season comes and moves out, we're not going to talk about you. We're not going to make you feel guilty. We're not going to put shame on you. We're not going to say, oh, we're the only church that does it right. And if you want to go to another place, then you're probably, you know, hearing from the devil. That's, that's not the spirit. That's Satan speaking to you. But, um, you know, we'll do it Holy Spirit way. You do it the way you want to do it. No. Church membership is about relationship. It's about understanding that we are all imperfect unqualified, ill-prepared, undeserving, messed up, broken people, but God calls us to be the church. And he's called us to supernaturally do what we could not do naturally. Somebody say amen. Now, like any relationship that we enter into, anybody getting into relationships or know about relationships? You've been in and out of relationships here and there? No? Bunch of liars. Like any relationship that we enter into, we all bring some baggage to it. I'm glad somebody's honest. Amen. As a matter of fact, the fact that some of you are here and not in your previous relationship already probably brings a whole matching set of luggage with it. Whether we've been hurt... We've been taken advantage of, we've been manipulated, we've been used, or whether we've just grown up and out of certain relationships. We still leave those relationships, even the good ones, with a lot of baggage, right? Now, listen, I believe God called us the sanctuary because we've been uniquely qualified and gifted to be a sanctuary. I believe the ministry team here who have come together from different cultures, different experiences, we've come to understand that there are people in the body that have experienced a lot of hurt. If I were to be honest with you this morning, if the saints in our church and our leadership team were actual statues, you'd probably find us in the clearance section of a TJ Maxx someplace. Why? Because we've been dropped, we've been broken, we've got chips, we've been hurt, there's some visible, visible damage on our exteriors, and the stuff that we've had broken on the inside is just too numerous and too painful to even list. I believe we've been uniquely brought together to minister healing to hurting people. to encourage the downcast, to speak life into the depressed and dejected, to give direction to those that have lost their way, to bandage the wounded and to mend the broken. I believe we're called to build healthy families. And if you're here today, I believe God has brought you here to reconcile you to himself. And the beautiful part about that and what membership means to me is that once you've been reconciled to God, once you've entered into that relationship with God, you graduate immediately. Here's where I get people angry. 
Without any college, without earning any credits, without scoring any points with God, you go from being reconciled to being a minister of reconciliation like that. Now the legalistic people hate when I teach this. Because they want to put people through years of classes and decades of sitting before they stand. But that's not what the scriptures teach. One of my favorite stories is in Luke and John 4 is the woman at the well. I love that story. This woman had a lot of issues. She was coming to the well in the middle of the day at the hottest point of the day when nobody comes out at that time to gather water because it's so hot to, to perform this task. is such a So <clears throat> purposely she's coming at this point of time to avoid all the other bochinche and avoid all the other gossipers to not have to deal with people this woman is jacked up and here she comes and jesus is sitting at the well and she has an interaction with jesus she has an experience with god this woman and and she said he tells her at first well go get your husband and we'll and we'll talk and she says well i don't have a husband and jesus says you're right in saying you don't have a husband you've had five husbands and the man you're shacking up with right now isn't even, uh, isn't even your husband. Somebody said this woman got issues. She's had five husbands. And she's living with another man now. That's soap opera stuff right there, right? Not even English. That's Spanish soap opera stuff. So this woman is jacked up. She's messed up. And she has this encounter with God. And they go back and forth. And, and I don't have time to get into that whole, but it's so incredible. But the bottom line is she has an experience with God. And immediately, what does she do? She leaves there and reaches out and ministers to her entire town. She goes to people and say, come, meet the man that told me about my whole life. Meet the man that knew me. Before I even shared anything, meet the man that, that gave me living water. And, and the word says that the town, many in the town came to Jesus through that woman's testimony. So let me ask you this though, did she clean up first? Did she take a six month time now and sit in the church ministry and, and take 18 discipleship classes? Did she change the way she dressed now because... She had this experience with God, and before she went to minister, she, well, I, gotta, I better, you know, make the, the skirts down to here, and I better get the, 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 the moño. I better not shave my legs. I better take off the earrings. I better wipe the makeup off my face. It, it don't say anything about that in the Word. It says she went and told everybody. She had an experience with God, and then God used her to touch an entire town. And she didn't have any degree, and she didn't get a biblical good doctrinal knowledge, right? She didn't go to seminary, nothing. She was reconciled and then she brought everyone she knew to reconciliation. Church, once you understand that we're a member of the same body, you get that I'm a member of you. That should, that should change our membership commitment, amen? But the problem is many of us have is that we're carrying so much baggage into this relationship. And an awesome, an awesome picture that God gave me years ago about this is, is simply this. And, and I'm changing this with this. Look, airlines set limits to the amount of luggage that you can bring on with you. 
I'll let that sink in. Right? Especially the carry-on kind. How many, how many things can you carry on with you when you go to a flight now? You have the little purse and the, and the one, one bag. And the bag has to what? They put limits on it. They put restrictions on it. It has to fit in this little square that they put there. And you, you have to try to make it fit into that. It's like a little square box, right? They limit, airlines limit what you can carry on you. They limit what's in, your, in the stuff. Think about this. They limit the, the size restrictions. It has to be able to store away properly. Why? Because then others could get hurt by your baggage. There's weight restrictions. Even on the bags that we check in, right? There's a 50-pound or 60-pound weight restriction on the bags that we check in. Why? Because the more baggage that we carry, the, the plane is heavier. It costs more. It's not as efficient. They need more handlers to shift and store all of that luggage. When your bag is too heavy, others have to pay the price. Oh, come on. This is deep. There are recommendations, and now there's even laws about what you can and can't carry along with you. Family, those guidelines, they're there for pretty good reasons because you can hurt or injure people with your baggage. You can disrupt, you can misguide, you can even destroy those on the journey with you with the things that you carry in your baggage. So before we sign any papers today, before we move in to say and, and, and go into membership, I've asked Pastor Gary to come and help you deal with some of that baggage as we close this morning. Come on, Gene. Amen. See, Pastor George just <coughs> challenged you to begin to step into your destiny, to come into the ministry or, or the, what, whatever God has for you, the place he wants you to serve. For some of you, it's not just about church. Some of you may be a call to build a business by God to finance his kingdom. Some of you may be a call to change the educational system. But can I tell you something about my years of experience as a pastor is that over 90% of the Christians that I've ministered to never fulfill their calling, their purpose, or their destiny. Instead, they carry around prophetic words that they receive from the Lord. Oh, one day I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to start a soup kitchen. I, oh, God says that I'm going to go back to school. And I know the same people 25 years later and they've done nothing with what God said. And for some people it's just laziness. Some people just don't care about the things of God. But there's so many in the church who never step out, never willing to take a risk because they're filled with rejection. People are filled with shame, hurt. So many people are afraid to look bad because they've been beaten up so many times that they're never willing to step out in, into, into God's calling, the things that he has for them. See, you can be in church. You could be praising God, dancing around. And at the same time, your past 
all that baggage can be weighing heavy on you and killing the joy, killing the destiny God has for you. This, this summer I did a class on dream interpretation and, and I gave this testimony. Say, from the time I was about 10 years old up until around 1997, every single night I had horrible dreams called night terrors. I'm not talking about bad dreams. I'm talking about waking up every single night, more than once waking up screaming, getting out of bed, crashing into walls. But during the day, you know what I was doing? I was in full-time ministry. I was praying for people. But I never had the victory. See, I grew up in a very abusive home where, where there was great fear. And while I was in ministry, I could push down the fear during the day. But as soon as I went to sleep, all those horrible memories started to come back. And I got to where I was afraid to go to sleep at night. We used to go to... Um, with the church I was with, we used to go on different trips, and nobody wanted to stay in the same hotel room with me because they knew in the middle of the night I'd be trying to run out the door. You see, just receiving Jesus as your Savior and being attending a church doesn't mean that you've gotten victory. It doesn't mean that you're free. And see, we're coming into a new season in this church. You're going to start hearing about very exciting things ahead. And I personally, I don't want to step into the new things with the same old junk, with the same old baggage. This morning when I put on the TV and I heard this preacher and he was, what he said was, well, Jesus died on the cross, but he just died for your sins. He didn't die for your emotions. He doesn't care about the rest of your life. He just cares about your sins and what you do for him. But you see, Jesus died on the cross not only to remove your sins, but he died on the cross to bring healing to your emotions to remove the past from you, to break the power of rejection. You see, to every one of us, we, we've gone th through things in our life. We've been hurt and wounded. We've gone through injustices. Things happened to us that weren't fair. Hurtful words have been spoken over our lives. Some of us have been betrayed. Some of you, some of you here, maybe, maybe the father of your kids who made a promise to you, stabbed you in the back or disappeared. Some of you, you've been hurt and wounded in church. And I'm talking about deep wounds. And because of those things, we make decisions in life. We decide, I will never love anyone again. I will never trust another pastor. 
I'll never be close to another man. Whatever it is in response to what you've been hurt with, you can make those decisions and lock up your heart and it becomes surrounded in shame and rejection and bitterness and anger. And you're never willing to risk love, never willing to open your heart to someone, not even in church because of the past wounds, the hurts. You see, but God has something better for you. God wants to get in. He cares about your emotions. He cares about those hurts. Church isn't only about hearing about your sin. But Jesus is here to bring healing. Because he wants you to be willing to risk love. Being willing to risk a heart that's tender. Being willing to step out. Being willing for the first time to get up here and preach. Even though someone might not like it. You see, it's all about risk taking. In life, in ministry, there's always someone who might not like you. There's someone who might not like what you're doing. But because of the past, so many people are robbed. They never use their talents, never never willing to step out and dance and sing. Say, so I, I, I spoke about dreams. I had a dream. This was about... About eight years ago, I had, I had just moved with my wife from our old apartment and moved to a new place. And at the same time, we were leaving the old church. And in the dream, I remembered that I forgot some things in the old apartment and I went back there. And when I went up there, the landlord showed up with the cops. And the landlord said, you don't belong here anymore. It's illegal to come back. And God spoke to me when I woke up. It's illegal to keep revisiting the same old injustices. God showed me there's nothing there for you. Your past got nothing. That person that hurt you. That horrible betrayal, that injustice against you. We're not saying it was nothing, but here's what we're saying. We're going to let it go, and we're going to leave it in the hands of the judge. And one day, that person who molested you, who misused you, is going to have to look into the face of Jesus and give an account for what they did. But it's not going to be me because I'm going to be free. You see, I've made a decision in my life. I don't want to live with the old regrets anymore. Don't let let me fool you emotionally. I don't have it all together. Sometimes I walk down the street and I just stop and things come to my head, old decisions, things I did. And I say, how could I ever do anything so stupid? Sometimes the past catches up with me, and it begins to rob the joy. I don't, I don't want to spend one more day without the peace and the joy God's given me. 
I'm tired of the cycles of failure and abuse going round and round again, going from hurtful relationship to the next one. It, it's time to break it off. It's time to come into the new season. It's not a coincidence that you're in this church, that as this church is coming into a new place of breakthrough and multiplication, that God's going to do the same thing in your life, but the only way it's going to happen, you got to let it go. That person... That memory, those words that were spoken over you, I break that right now in Jesus' name. I break the power of every word curse that's been spoken over your life that said you're not good enough, that said you'll never make it, that you're a horrible wife. In Jesus' name, I say the power of those words are broken. And I just release the blessing of God over you. See, Pastor George spoke about the woman at the well. You know what she was doing at the well? She was there at noon. That's the hottest part of the day, Pastor George. Nobody goes and draws water at noon at the well. Do you know why she was there at noon? Because she didn't want to be seen. She was ashamed of who she was. She was embarrassed because people, maybe they made fun of her. They tormented her. So she went out at the worst time of day. And so many of you here today, you carry that same shame and rejection. Some of you are embarrassed about who you are, how you look. Some of you have said to God, God, why do I have to look like this? I hate who I am. I hate how I look. Those days are coming to an end because you've got a distorted picture of who you are. You are beautiful in the eyes of God. He fully loves and accepts you. He created you to look just how you look right now, and you're comparing yourself to the standards of this evil, fallen world when you can have the beauty realm of God. Isaiah 43:18 says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. <clears throat> Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So this is what I want to do right now. Um, is people are going to help me with paper. <clears throat> um, we have paper for everyone. Or, even better, if you have paper with you, or you can pull out a little, tear off a piece of your bulletin. We want everyone to have a pen. And Sarah's on the way with the, um, with the pens. 
Is there anyone that you don't have a scrap of paper? You're not going to write a paper for, for school. Just All you need is a scrap. Is there anyone that you don't have something to pull out of your pocket? My pocket's full of that stuff. Anybody else needs a pen or a paper? I'm going to wait. I also want to ask if the leaders of the church can participate in this also. If there's anything I see everywhere I go in the world, in any church, that, that us leaders and pastors always, always tend to try to show that we have no need, we got it all together. Don't listen to it. Don't ever believe that. And here's what I want you to do with a piece of paper, and nobody's going to see it. And you'll see, we'll make sure no one sees it. We got a plan for that piece of paper. What I want you to do is write on the paper whatever it was in your life that has affected your emotions, affected your mind. The person, write down the name of that person that wounded you. Write down whatever the sin was that you can't forgive yourself. Whatever makes you feel shameful. Maybe you were hurt. Maybe you were raped. Maybe you were molested. And somehow it's affected how you see yourself. We want to write that on the paper because we're going to let it go today. And I'm going to invite the worship team to come. <clears throat> Again, nobody's going to see what you're writing. Whatever it was, the father that abandoned you, the mother that abused you, and we want to let you know, if you're, if you're in a relationship where you're being abused right now, Pastor Melissa is going to be in that room right back here after the service, and we're going to help you deal with it. We will stand with you. So if you're still in an abusive relationship, we're here to help you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to stand once you wrote on the paper. <clears throat> 